Did you know there are living prophets today? Every six months they come together at a general conference for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Join us as we study these talks at Conference in Review. Hi, welcome to Conference in Review. I'm Dana. And I'm Derek. We've got a talk for you today. We're just going to do one because we couldn't think of a second one. Um, it's the faith in every, okay, it's not faith in every footsteps. What is it called? It's follow Jesus Christ with footsteps of faith. Yes, and he actually did do a talk back in 1996 called Faith in Every Footstep, and I will be talking about that later. But for now, let's just start with this one. There's a song written by Brother Newell Daly. Written in 1996. Yeah, yeah. It's, and this is to celebrate the 150th anniversary of the arrival of the early pioneers to Salt Lake Valley in 1847. He says the words of this song apply to the whole world. It was written specifically for that celebration, but he says, With faith in every footstep, we follow Christ the Lord, and filled with hope through His pure love, we sing with one accord. I was going back before we got on with this talk, to his old talk to see if they had sung that song before he spoke. And I guess that far they don't have the whole thing recorded like they do now. So, But I'm sure they did. Mm. He, he really has a lot of missionary, not missionary, pioneer themes in his talks. Yeah, he does. And I felt as I was studying this talk... First of all, as I was studying him, like I know he did a talk back around the sesquicentennial of about faith in every footsteps, and I found that, and it was actually twenty six years before this talk, as he was prepping everyone, saying we're getting ready for the sesquicentennial, and he tells a lot of stories about pioneers. And as I went back and I read that one, comparing it to this one, I felt like they were amazing companion talks um that one is i feel like it, it's looking backwards at the the heritage of the church back in 1996 all of the quorum of the 12 i believe had ancestors that were pioneers the utah pioneers uh they were probably all related yeah. <laughs> and things have changed a lot the church is is more of a global church. I mean, now we have two two members of the Quorum of the Twelve who are not American-born. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had back in the early days, I guess you had like John Taylor, but yeah, they're very international. Oh, Elder Gong, he, he's, we haven't had anyone of Chinese descent ever, and it's really neat to hear the story of his ancestors. Yeah. In the, we have half the Quorum of the Twelve now who are not of this this pioneer stock of Elder Ballard. So it's kind of fun to look back at that where he was kind of talking as the churches. We're all, and now we're all part of it as adoption in the mem as members of the church. We've all become, that's become our spiritual heritage. So as he talks about this, he talks about uh, hope in the song and he talks that there is hope that we have hope and he 
he talks about multiple reasons to have hope that there's hope in Jesus Christ there's hope in this life there's hope to overcome our mistakes our sorrows and struggles there's hope in repentance there's hope and peace in Christ a very uplifting message that uh, without hope it's part of what is that Moroni 7 faith hope and charity mm-hmm. the importance of having hope carries us through this life just like the pioneers mm-hmm. and he as he looks at the hope and at this song he looks at the pioneers and uh, he talks about the pioneers that that this last year I guess we're in the next year last year when he gave this was the 175th anniversary of the arrival of the early pioneers and he has multiple ancestors that walked to the Salt Lake Valley and he gives three of them Henry Ballard was 20, Margaret McNeil was 13, and Joseph F. Smith was 9, who was the sixth, became the sixth president of the church, who's an ancestor of his. And he goes on to talk about Henry Ballard, the first one, who was 20, how as he saw the promised land, he, he was really excited. But then he became scared because he wasn't, he didn't have proper clothing. Yeah. And so he, <laughs> he hid himself beside some bushes all day until it was dark. And then went to a house and begged for some clothing um, so that he could get dressed, be proper for the people, even though he was so excited to be in the promised land in Utah. You know... Uh, the idea that he hid himself and that he's embarrassed about not having the proper clothes reminds me of when I was going to the hospital to deliver my, my first child and my water had broke and so my pants were all wet and I was embarrassed. And I think the same thing of him is like he's embarrassed this natural human tendency. But it's like, why should you be embarrassed? No one expects you to be arriving there in a full three-piece suit after you've walked all this way and yet um, there's something sweet about that gives you a little into the personality they didn't just walk there they were people and they they had uh, fears and embarrassments and mm-hmm. you you grow closer to them as you hear those stories and realize that how well you relate to them so as he goes on he, he talks about his great-grandparents they walked by faith and that their their families um because of the faith you know he's he's here and and he talks about being a pioneer and he he talks about what the meaning of pioneer is that it's uh it's a noun it can be a noun and a verb pioneer is a person who you know travels and explores and settles new territory, but a pioneer is also one who opens or prepares the way for others to follow. I wanted to go back a little bit to when you were talking about 
that these were his great grandparents and a great grandparent is not that far removed you could know your great grandparent depending on i i mean did you ever meet any of your great grandparents yes i remember seeing my great grandma on my mom's side so i think all of us okay not all of us but I, there are many people that's a, an ancestor that you may have met and what a bridge so for all you if you're young as in you still have grandparents that are alive what a wonderful resource they are because when you get to be if you're in your 20s or early 30s right now and your grandparents are still alive when you get to be oh their age and you're in your 60s or 70s think of the bridge that you are from your grandparents and great-grandparents to your children your grandchildren the bridge from me from me to my grandmother's grandmother so that would have been my great-great-grandmother that's over a hundred years and it's like a hand reaching through the past i feel like it's like a you as a person the grandparent you are reaching through the past to this grandchild which is so many years they could have never met they will know them because of you and when you talk to the, talk about them my great grandmother left something she wrote my family they weren't all about my great grandparents weren't all about writing things down it wasn't till my grandparents generation they started doing it and she had written a short little thing about her grandmother her grandmother was one of the original um this pioneer generation and when she talks about her and her warm brown uh, brown eyes and and how kind they were and the love she felt i feel like she has she has created a bridge and a hand is reaching from 1850 <laughs> down to me in 2023 of that's that's was 170 that's 175 years ish kind of this far yeah. and they become real and you realize they are they aren't just some distant in the past some foreign country they are your people your ancestors your family and you feel their love okay well back to the talk about pioneering and yeah. marking the way he starts talking about specific pioneers and not just those who crossed the plains his first pioneer is naturally joseph smith when you say pioneer, you usually think mm, Brigham Young. No, about 37 years before that in 1820 when Joseph Smith, as a thoughtful 14-year-old, thought, I don't know what church to join. I My dad's thinking one way, my mom's thinking another. And I have, I have a nephew who never wanted to choose between his parents and so if he had the I love mom shirt on, he'd say, well, dad, I've got the I love dad underneath my, there's a, and he'll, or um, he didn't want to choose between his parents. And I think Joseph probably felt that same kind of pressure of, um, is my dad right or is my mom right? Because, I mean, someone has to be right, right? I mean, that's the simplicity of when you're 14, things are a lot more black and white. And so he needs to know an answer. His mom and dad definitely did it differently. Mm -hmm. She thought, I mean, he felt like if the real church isn't here, I'm not going to go. And she felt like any church better than no church. And he didn't know which path. I think 
it's one of those things when you go to God and you ask him a question, I've done this before where you're like, should I do this or that? And then God says something totally out of the, the, that's not what I had. Like when I was praying about whether you and I should have more children after we are married, because I was only 37, barely. And I didn't get a yes or no answer. Yeah. That's what he did with Joseph. Joseph, do I do this or do I do that? And he's like, I'm going to give you something totally different. So one of the reasons I think that, that he's a pioneer is because that he prayed, but everything that he suffered after. The pioneers had a testimony of Jesus Christ and were willing to walk barefoot and trudge for months through the snow and even give their lives because of the testimony that they had. Joseph Smith was a pioneer because he had the same testimony and he had to trudge through uh, not across the plains but he had to bear all of the false witnesses and the evil speaking and laughter and uh, jail time. Well, he had friends who just stabbed him in the back, like metaphorically. Yeah, they continuously were trying to to prove, uh, you know, him as a criminal, arrest him. He lost several children. He was constantly in a battle with, with evil mm-hmm. for the rest of his life. But uh, he knew, he says that he knew God knew and there was nothing on earth that was going to take take that away. And so he was a pioneer that, that was strong and allowed us to start the restoration of the gospel. Another pioneer, if we go a little further down. Now he does actually, uh, I think I will go ahead and talk about the missionaries the missionaries being yeah that's another one yeah he talks about the last conference if you remember the last conference there were at least three or four talks where Mm -hmm. they talked about serving full-time missions missionaries that usually we think of as the the converts that they teach the gospel to they're the pioneers but the missionaries are the ones who come there and get the ball rolling and their hope and their work is to, to pass the torch on to others, to pass on the, the light. Well, we have, we, the church has assigned the young missionaries as the front line of all teaching of the gospel. The elders, the bishops, the apostles are not the ones that are teaching the gospel to to the converts, it's it's nineteen to twenty six, eighteen to twenty six year olds. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's their specific assignment, and they're responsible for it. And they're the pioneers, and they are bringing in the pioneers. Mm-hmm. All these people in other countries who are the first one in their family that some of them give up their parents and and family because they reject them for becoming members. Yeah. They literally are pioneers as they suffer through being alone and and trying to figure out the gospel and 
all the changes that they have to make in their lives to to live the covenants of the gospel. The next pioneer that he talks about. Are you ready to move on? To yeah, let's talk about President Nelson. Talk about President Nelson is a pioneer. That in one of the things he said in the last general conference was that every that the Lord has asked every worthy, able young man to prepare for and serve a mission. A mission is a powerful but optional opportunity for young and able sisters. You gotta understand that young men are commanded to go, but that doesn't mean they're gonna be made to go. You don't have to stay. You don't get kicked out of the church if you're a young man and you don't go on a mission. It's um, something that in the church, sometimes we struggle with being hard on those those young men who don't go. I think, I think the hard thing is um, when you don't go, it takes longer for your testimony to grow and you just miss out on the opportunity. Yeah. And I've known of young men that, uh, I had a brother I know that kind of had mixed, actually had two brothers, had mixed feelings about not being able to complete their missions. And especially now that they're older and now they have the testimony. I love how right here says, I plead with you to take charge of your testimony, work for it, own it, care for it, nurture it so that it will grow. Then watch the miracles happen in your life. And it is hard. It, I think it is a bigger sacrifice for a younger person to go than an older person who chooses to go. Your testimony is usually already solid. It's more solid, I think, if you've spent all your years and you've built it up all that time. Whereas I think a young person, their testimony is still young and growing that it is a real leap of faith to go when you're not even sure that you 100% believe what you're preaching. Or that's all you have. You don't know the gospel very well. You've had a couple experiences. You've prayed and you have that testimony, but you have no mm -hmm. strong uh, knowledge as far as years of studying all the different areas. of. The, you basically have your testimony you know prayer, you do know that the Book of Mormon is true, and that's all you have. And if you go down to the Bible Belt, they, they'll pull out all the guns. They'll tell you, I grew up, I like to say I grew up just north of the Bible Belt, but we still got, I I think I heard about every everything about the church that people would just pull out all the stops about the negative stuff about, well, did you know that your church does this, and did you know that Joseph Smith did that, and did you know Brigham Young did this and that? I think I've heard it all, but um, yeah, the the bullets will fly at you, and it's it's almost like a war. One of the other things that President Nelson talks about, and it's, I think we figured that he said it, and then there's at least 10 others that re-quoted, in the coming days it will not be possible survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. And we have definitely talked about that yes. previously. He talks about Jesus Christ as being a pioneer as well. Yeah. The, that he is the way. The ultimate, yeah, he is. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He 
is the ultimate pioneer that came in the world and provided a way for us to get back to our Heavenly Father. Jesus Christ, I can't imagine that as the veil was lifted and he knew his purpose and he knew his power, how when, it's like when, um, when uh, I'm teaching at school and I have had kids who will test me and as the person in authority, you have to exercise restraint. You cannot lash out and lower yourself. You can't verbally assault them you can't talk back you can't there are so many things you can't do and uh, I think of how and some of these kids are smaller than you you are physically stronger than them and I I think of how Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of he had so much power to just yeah just obliterate all his enemies but that wasn't his point he was not he didn't come here on earth to wipe out the opposition and he came when he here comes again when he comes again yeah he talks about jesus christ how he is an advocate with the father and that he's definitely a pioneer to us and then he talks about his great grandparents and those who came across the plains gave up so much and had to go over the hills and the mountains and that today we are a different kind of pioneer because we don't have hand carts we don't have to walk barefoot we don't have to uh, go without food and clothing and those sacrifices that we have such a hard time understanding but the sacrifices that that we have today are of another kind. We have too much of everything. And so it's easy to be overwhelmed and become addicted to all of those things. We mm-hmm. have food and sugar of of every kind in in abundance and we have entertainment to the point that you could sit and watch movies uh, for free 24 7 you could play Mm -hmm. games 24 7 you could watch sports you could there's there's so much there's so many things that you have easily accessible that it's you could easily be addicted to any one of those it's funny that the video game addiction which i've talked about before is a real thing i remember being a kid in the 80s and i i don't think it was saturday night live i think there was another comedy show that was on at that time and they were they were parodying they were making a uh, what do you mean? It was a of a kid who was addicted to video games, and they're talking about warning parents about your children being addicted to video games. Well, back then you had to go to the arcade. The you had to go to arcade to play video games. They weren't in your home. They weren't on your phone. And one of the things I remember that was kind of funny was how they have this kid who's probably like twelve years old, and he's out there. Uh, you know how people will go over there 
the joke is they come up there and start washing your car and in the middle of traffic jam say, can you spare a dime? Can you spare a dime? Well, this kid goes over there and he starts doing it and he goes to the window of the car and he starts wiping. He goes, can you spare a quarter? And it was, it was a joke and people were laughing because the idea that kids would be addicted to video games. Nowadays, flash forward and we've got 40 years later and this is a real thing. And it's not just kids, it's adults, it's anybody can be a literal addict to video games because they're so accessible. And back then it was just a joke. Ha ha, it's funny. Can you imagine how funny it'd be if someone was addicted to video games? And now it's like, oh yeah, it's real. Okay, so he, uh, anyway, he talks about how we are pioneers as well. And so the point is that we need to have hope and be pioneers uh, like our forefathers and realize that that we have challenges today, but as we follow Jesus Christ in every footstep, we can we can get there. And don't you love how these talks, President Nelson's was like this too, have been so optimistic in a day of darkness and just overwhelming pessimism. They are so optimistic and so hopeful. They like to color coat. And uh, I think it's like the third paragraph uh, going back up to the top, he just lists so many reasons to have hope. It's interesting how in President Nelson's talk there were five reasons, and he gives five reasons for hope. So five's kind of a, That's a good number. Yeah. So if we go back down to the bottom, he he gives a list of things that we can do to have faith in every footstep. We need to strengthen ourselves spiritually we need to not lose our sense of urgency to keep the commandments. And that if if anyone has lost their way, they can come back. That d- there's no reason to feel like there's not hope. But repentance allows us to turn around and come to Him. We can learn and grow and change. And strive to stay on the covenant path. That's a lovely talk. It is. It's a really good talk, and uh, it was it was fun to fun to review it. Um, we we enjoy going back through the talks. Yes, and if you want to get some further reading on this theme, go back to October 1996 and review his talk, "Faith in Every Footsteps." That one actually gives a lot more, talks a lot more about the actual pioneers of that time and their stories. And then another one is April 1997, You Have Nothing to Fear from the Journey. If you look at, if, you, if you're online and you click the, there's, there's four lines with two dots next to it and that's the related content. Mm-hmm. It'll take you to faith in every footstep. The January nineteen ninety seven. He he references those in his talk, so he's mm-hmm. definitely using his other talk for this one. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this as we shared this with you, and we hope that you will follow the prophet.